Hey lovely ladies, it's Jen. I'm a mental wellness weight loss coach and I help women who are struggling with emotional eating. It can be a roller coaster ride of cravings and comfort and just drive you absolutely bonkers. So I break down how you break free from emotional eating, binge eating, chronic dieting, and kind of take a new approach, an untraditional approach to the way we look at eating, the way we look at weight loss, and the way that we look at living. So enjoy. Oh, and just so you know what you're getting yourself into, this podcast is going to be a little bit more behind the scenes, kind of a more intimate view of how I really feel about dieting, weight loss, and just overall health, wellness, and happiness. So there's going to be a lot of different topics discussed, not just dieting tactics and do this, not that, um, because I really don't think that gets you where you want to go. So stick around. It's going to be fun. This podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be used as medical treatment or medical diagnosis. Hey, all right. So let's get into how you can heal your relationship with food because this is a big part. It's not so much about like changing. This is why most diets don't work for emotional eaters because we think if we can just change and get a new food plan and change what we're eating that we'll be able to change our weight. And sometimes you can for a little bit, but generally, you know, those emotional issues kick back in and we end up back where we started. And it is because we haven't healed the relationship with food in our body. We haven't looked at how we identify with food, who we are as an eater, like a little, a little deeper, a little, a little, like there's stuff the diets don't dive into because that is where if you change those areas in your life, that is when you will create transformation, have lasting change that feels easy. So, and that's what I want for you. So it really is, you know, not so much a weight loss journey, but a self-discovery journey, a self-compassion journey, you know, a healthier mindset journey, you know, all sometimes it sounds a little woo-woo, but uh, it is where the beginning of change will start for you. And I'll give you, you know, some steps to look at and think about um, here today. So you can start to practice um, or not practice, but start to it's not even, it is a practice. It's an ongoing practice. Think of it like yoga. Okay. So if you are a yogi, you understand this. And then I'll try to think of a different analogy. Analogies are never perfect, but to kind of create the, like, if you, it is maybe God, well, there's not that many men. So if you, it's a lifelong process. So yoga, there's always another level. There's always a deepening into, it's always another awareness coming up. It's always, you know, and, and different areas do, um, you want to get really good at the fundamentals, like really, really good at the basics, really good at the breath work, the breath work behind the movement to actually excel in the yoga practice. And your yoga practice doesn't stop when you turn 40, turn 50, turn 60. It doesn't stop when you're able to do a headstand or able to get that split. There's always more to evolve into and to like embody as a yogi. So, and you can take it as deep or as not deep as you want to be, you know what I mean? Like whatever works for you in that scenario. So it's the same with emotional eating. It's like, just because you figured out one thing doesn't mean you, there isn't more to do or more to become. So the relationship with self is ever evolving. That's the point I'm making. Know thyself now and know that we're, if we're going to evolve, if you're not changing, like you're either cycling the new same thing over and over again, um, which is a trap Like you can get stuck in that trap of like, you just cycle the same thing over and over again. Um, 
you're creating more of the same. So you all, you all, we're all manifestors. We all have the ability to create. Most of our just, most of us are just creating the same thing because we're on default mode. We're on pattern mode, automatic mode. To break free of that, you need the pattern interrupts. You need the awareness. You need to start to do things differently. You need to think differently. Um, and part of that thought process is this is a lifelong journey that is, there's no end game. It's very hard for our brains to digest that because I know I like the reward. I like the check mark. I want the gold medal. I like the gold star. I want, you know, the reward at the end of the tunnel. And it's not to say those don't come into play, but like there's always going to be next thing. Um, and that's the, so we want to have a really great, great relationship with more because we always want to have more because that's evolution of life. And that's how we actually feel satisfied, but we will not feel satisfied if we always want more. Did you hear that? It's kind of like, it's the duality of things. So it's getting really good at being where you're at, loving where you are, enjoying the journey, moving towards something and being excited about the thing you're moving towards as you love where you are. So I would say the the perfect combo for me would be just be to be in a moment of, or like going back and forth between like being really excited about life and just being really content. Like just really enjoying, like really content, but then, cause I get, then I get bored and then I'm like, oh, I want to do something. So it's not, I don't want to be in boredom. I want to be in contentment to excitement, contentment, excitement. That's where I kind of want to live. And um, that's, you know, some days actually are like that and other days not so much, but uh, part of the process. So here we go. All right. Um, Self-awareness is huge. I teach a, it's called the four A's in my uh, program and the first step is awareness. Like if you don't know what's happening and you're not aware of it, how can you change it? So part of that is really just uh becoming more of what's what you're thinking in your head. Like what's the thoughts that are going through your brain? What are the feelings that you're feeling? Can you actually name the feeling that you're feeling? So sometimes we'll have feelings and then we reach for the cupboard. We have feelings, we reach for some food, we have feelings like it, but we're not naming the feelings. We're not even like letting the feeling know what we're actually feeling about something. We just don't want to feel the feeling. So let yourself, am I feeling stressed? Is it actually frustration? Am I disappointed? Am I like low-key excited? Is actually what I think I'm afraid of, I'm actually excited for. Like lean into that. Some of because some of them sound, feel very, very, very I'll, I'll be honest with you. I feel like fear and excitement for me is like both equals diarrhea. <laughs> both equals like my stomach gets turned over. So I often, um, like, first of all, I never wanted to feel fear. And then I wouldn't allow myself to be excited for things because I didn't want to feel the feeling of that belly swappy feeling. Like, I didn't like that because it I correlated it always with fear initially anyway. I didn't realize it was actually excitement. It's, you know, it's, it's actually it could be a good thing I could cultivate. Um, so it's knowing, like, what is the actual feeling that you're feeling? or the thoughts going through your heads and then being aware about your behaviors around all these things. Like how, what's, what's, if you, if you have a bad day at work, what's your patterning around that? What are your behaviors? Do you come home and like scream at your kids? Do you come home and, or take a takeout? Like, or which, you know, I'm not judging you. I do things like I've been there, done that, do this, you know, I'm human too. So, but it is a matter of like, maybe there's a, there's a, there's a, process there like a behavior pattern that you didn't you're not even aware of that you do maybe um on the weekend like every Saturday morning like it's 
you sleep in, but then you have a headache and you don't know why you have headaches on Saturdays, but you, you are used to getting up so early, just different things, like starting to just put some aware and getting really curious, just curious, not judging it, not thinking like you're, what you're doing is wrong. Not, it might not be anything, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a matter of just looking at things from a step back, take, you know, take yourself out of the equation, pretend like you're watching a movie screen, see what's happening. What do you deduct from that situation? Um, so having that self-awareness, another part of that self-awareness too, is knowing your hunger cues, bringing those into play, um, allowing yourself to feel hungry, allowing yourself to eat, like what's going on there. So your, you know, those, your eating choices can be driven by, um, lack of awareness. So number two, uh, let's start to challenge some of these food rules and restrictions because the diet world will tell you that depending on who you're listening to, uh, fruit is bad. Meat is bad. Dairy is bad. Unprocessed food is bad. Um, sugar is bad. Flour is bad. Gluten is bad. Uh, carbs are bad. Um, Nuts and seeds are bad. Nightshade vegetables are bad. Oh, actually, vegetables are bad. There's a there's a diet out there that you know they don't think that vegetables are good for the system. Um, so basically, it leaves you with nothing to eat. <laughs> it leaves you with like a very like I can't eat that because that's going to be cause inflammation. I can't eat that because that's going to be uh bad for digestion. I can't eat that because that's going to you know on and on and on and on. I jumped from diet to diet to diet. You might relate to this. Uh, then it gets to a place of you get very confused in your head of like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to eat now? Because I can't eat that because I know that that's bad. I was taught that. I know that now. I can't eat that now because now I know that. But it's coming from different camps or different philosophies, different food philosophies. Neither is right, wrong, or the other. Which one works for you? I studied a hundred different dietary theories. Not one of them works for everybody. Which one works for you? Because even within those food camps of like, maybe there's food in there that like your body and system really does not like. And there is, you know, there's a concept of the uh, blood type diet of like how your body actually assimilates food. Like if you lived in, grew up in Alaska, or if you grew up in the Mediterranean, like your food, um, like even generationally down, even if you don't live in those places anymore, your body might still respond to food in the same way. So back to genes, you know what? I think I started to talk about epigenetics and then getting into the woo-woo-ness and I totally miss out on that. On one of the things I'm going to go into that in a future episode, stay tuned for that. Cause it's going to blow your mind. But, um, anyway, get back to what I was talking about, which is, so you, we end up with these. Hey, so I'm going to interrupt myself to tell you a few things that you need to know. Well, first off, I'm so glad you're here. I love that you're here. I appreciate that you're here. And I want you to know that there is a voice recording button in these episodes that you can actually use to ask me questions that you want to know. So anything you're struggling with, anything that uh, you're having issues with, things that you would like more insight on, so emotional eating, binge eating, chronic dieting, and then beyond. So anything I've touched on in any of these podcasts, you you know, is fair game. And don't worry, I won't share your question or your voice unless you you can just let me know in the question if you want to be shared. So don't worry about that. But don't forget to get your freebie in the show notes. And of course, if you want to work with me, um, apply in the show notes as well. And there is a DIY option that's amazing for women that are like ready to go and ready to go now. Uh, and then the next thing is I want to ask you if you are enjoying these episodes and you have found them helpful to leave a five-star review. 
or like by clicking the star or even leaving a review so that this information gets out for more women to hear and more women to um, get some support. Anyway, back to the show. Love you. Bye. Food guilt, food judgment, when in all reality, food does not have a moral compass. It is not telling you if you are a good person or not. It might make you feel better. And I want you to lean to the foods that make you feel better. So don't just say, because it's healthy, I shouldn't be eating it. Like, does it make me feel better? And things change. Like your needs and your body changes. Um, Start to be more curious of like how foods are affecting you and don't take them off the table forever. Like sometimes you just have to let your body heal a bit. Like if your body is going through some, you know, I would say like for my clients, I give them permission to eat whatever and anything they want because I don't, because as soon as you say you can't have that, what do you do? You like want to eat the thing. That's how I am. I'm like, fuck you. I'm eating it. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) So give yourself permission, but there is layers of um, responsibility within that. Like if you have a medical condition and you have been told not to eat something, like we need to change the narrative of like, I get to not eat that because I choose to feel better in my body and I deserve to live a long and happy life. And I want to respect my body. Like there's a different narrative there. And like, you might have to, you know, untangle that piece that out. Um, where even though you have permission to eat whatever you want, like you get permission that does not include, I mean, I guess it does. I mean, if you want to put yourself into pain and misery, like foods that cause pain and misery to, if you're have celiacs and you eat gluten because you want to say, I have permission to eat whatever I want when you have this condition currently. And I actually believe in remission. I believe in people being able to move from their diagnoses and not identify with their issues. But in the sense of until you are healed within that space, respect your body of what it needs and doesn't need at the time. Um, But yeah, allowing yourself to get rid of those food rules, the food restrictions, because it'll drive you crazy. And your body's actually super smart. Like I think as women too, a lot of the studies were done on men um, for food, like fasting and just different, like a lot of the life hack stuff now, like, and our bodies operate different on a hormonal and emotional level. So we might not have a need for some food, but we might have an emotional connection to something or an emotional, uh, need that's not being met, which is why it makes it difficult to stay on some of the stricter diets. So putting yourself in a strict diet, not handling those emotional back end, that background piece may set you up for disalignment and just struggle within the body. Like you are, it, it just makes then you think it, it creates such angst and it's going to put you on a fence of like, it's a lose-lose situation for you. So you have to deal with the back end emotional piece before you say, okay, actually this is serving me. I want to not overeat like, cause I know it doesn't make me feel good. So there's just other pieces that have to come in play, but knowing that just because someone said you shouldn't eat it does not mean that you can't eat it. Just because someone said don't or eat this doesn't mean you have to eat it. Like start to look at what works best for your body. And this is going to take some time to mesh out. Uh, it's not an overnight process. Um, I'm not so much a fan of elimination diets anymore, either, even from a health perspective, depending. Okay. Everybody think, take everything with a grain of salt, where you're starting, who you are, what you're going through. Um, but you know, the more you eliminate foods from your body, your body then says, Oh, I don't eat that anymore. I don't need the enzymes. I don't need to know how to break that down. Stops being able to break it down. And now all of a sudden you have more uh, issues when you bring that particular food back in. And it can be where 
which happened to me is like you start to eliminate more and more and more and more foods and you're left for very few foods that you can eat. I don't uh, really work with women specifically in this area, like on a functional level for health and um, wellness in this way. I, my course is for the emotional side of energetic foods, but I do speak a little bit to the importance, the framework around food for a good functioning body. But if you're in the camp of like finding the right person, but elimination diets, it may be for short term, but if you're doing them back to back to back, I think that they're just doing more harm to good. I think they're causing, and then knowing yourself on like, if you are listening to this, you are an emotional eater, like maybe fasting works for a group of people. But if you have that emotional tie to food, putting yourself in a fasting situation, it's like, like we want to set ourselves up for success. So first the awareness and then, um, the experience what I'm actually going to talk about next is exploring the, the emotional connection, like lining all that, that up and then allowing yourself to get the information and figure out what foods are right for you based on you, not based on the diet. And I do think there is a vibration to food. Some things hold, you know, give you certain nutrients or something like that's fresh, just came from a ground and is organic. And like, I do think, yes, it can, but doesn't say that a non-organic food doesn't hold benefit and you can't eat it and you shouldn't eat that because it's not organic. Like it starts to bring in, now you're creating stress within the system. If you're sitting down to a meal and you're stressed because it's not organic, is that helping you? <laughs> like you want to sit down to a meal and yes, make the best possible choice in that moment but it might not be the perfect plate of food every time. And most likely it won't and can't be for the majority of us in our lifestyles. Um, so just take that into mind. All right. Cultivate some, oh, the, okay. So explore the emotional connection. So I talk about this in a different video, like root causes of emotional eaters. You can go uh, find that in the podcast. But it can just be an emotional trigger and you need something else to deal with those emotional connections. How do you replace that with um, that's not food related? And then learning how to have really good connection with food too, allowing yourself to eat the thing that you really actually want to eat, not denying yourself, but able to have that like that cutoff point that makes sense. All right. And then cultivating some mindful eating. This can be difficult in our fast paced world. My little guy just came down from, he just woke up. Good morning, Ryan Matthew. Um, so cultivating mindful eating. So this is slowing down and eating. And this is so difficult on the day. I know I eat through with through in the car, through drive-through. I have kids. Uh sometimes dinner is a whirlwind to get out to soccer practice, get out to football. Um, so sometimes pre-planning needs to come there. And then sometimes you need to give yourself some grace and it's not forever, it's just a season. Um, if I know dinner's gonna be a bit of a shit show well, can I enjoy my breakfast and my lunch? Can I at least make my snacks a present, uh, a present eating experience? If not all of them, I know I, I don't, I'm not mindful of every single thing I put in my mouth and I do just fine. So it's not about hundred percent perfection, but it is about cultivating, um, more of a relationship so you can enjoy it. So you can bring more pleasure into the eating experience. Um, and I'll do a, a podcast on that as well. Coming soon. All right, uh, self-compassion, cultivating self-compassion, going into the woo. We need to start to love ourselves more in a different level. Uh, just even speaking to what I was talking about earlier of like why you're, why you're making your choices. Like, is it coming from a self-love or because you're trying to fit into genes that you want to fit into for whatever reason, but really you don't 
you just want to look good. Like you're looking to fit in a certain number when really you can still look really hot and sexy in a different pair of jeans. Like how are you uh, speaking to yourself? What is your dialogue looking like really healing? What the, oh, hold on, let me pause this. I'll be right back. Okay, so, you know, a lot of the emotional eating part is actually your relationship with self and who you think you are and what you, you know, how you want to show up as and um, bringing some, how you treat yourself, like the lovingness, the forgiveness, the acceptance, the um, patience. This is, this is, this takes time. Think of like a relationship. You don't just meet someone and get married. So think of yourself as like, you're meeting yourself for the first time. You're not going to like, it's like, start dating yourself, start, you know, um, seeing, asking yourself questions, like learn who you are in this stage of your life. Like, I know I look at things differently now as a 41 month, 41 mother of three, like I'm not the same person I was in my twenties and because I've had more life experience and because I look and have done things that I've learned that I don't like. So, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it's working on that relationship regularly. And then just focusing on your overall well-being. So a lot of times, you know, the, we pigeon, we like get hyper-focused on what we're eating and thinking that's going to be the change that will, um, that needs to happen. Really, it's like, where is the happiness in my life? Like, not just about food, but just like my job, my relationships, my, uh, you know, so it's an overall well-being, a level of fitness, a level of, um, fulfillment, where my passions lie, um, just starting to look at a bigger picture of life. And then it almost crowds out some of those food issues. So we can get hyper-focused and try to fix everything and find the problem. The more problems you look for, the more problems you'll find. (laughs) I'll tell you that. So I was like, I want to make myself, I want to like really do like, I, it was like an almost extremist mentality of like wanting to fix everything. I just found more stuff to fix. And then you end up just being a problem. You're just looking for problems versus enjoying your life. And then, you know, know that when a problem exists, so does a solution. So the solution's there and leaning into a solution versus a problem. And it is a different mindset. And I, um, now knowing of these mindsets, I can, I, I see people that are very good at their solution oriented or problem oriented, and they walk through life differently. Um, but we're going to leave it there and have a great day. I love you. Goodbye. Oh, we're not going to leave it there. We're not going to leave it there because I, yes, we are. (laughs) And I won't even edit this out. (laughs) Right?